just getting together with people I care about, not so much any kind of ritual or practice associated with it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so in that sense, um, I would consider myself a holiday guy and I, I happen to work a job where I get all these holidays off. And so for me, it's like, I'm, I keep like, I can't wait for Christmas break because that's a big break for me. And so that's part of the thrill is knowing that I don't have to work for a little bit. Um, but I can't say that, um, you know, the reason for the season really, really tickles my (laughs) fancy much these days. So (laughs) I guess that's, maybe that's what it is. The reason for the season bugs me regardless (laughs) of the, the holiday. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I, I feel what you're saying about like we don't do holidays, really. Like I don't really acknowledge mm-hmm. them, but um, it is the like it's you, you, just knowing that most people do that gives you the excuse. Like I sort of reach out to my girls and be like, hey, you want to come over? You know, and like they actually like yeah. won't throw the excuse of I have homework because <laughs> there's this holiday. You right, know, they'll come over for dinner. It's. Yeah, it's an expectation that you you know you check in a little but, bit. Uh, I actually don't know that either one of them will be coming over because they have a lot of homework. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like Easter has that weight. You know what I mean? Like there are certain holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, they have that weight. Um, even the Fourth of July seems to be like, hey, we're all we're all stopping around the country to you know barbecue or do whatever and get drunk even or you know what i mean like that's kind of the the expectation but yeah, i don't know that easter has that weight but i could be did, wrong did you hear about these bombings in sri lanka sri lanka i only i only saw a little bit on twitter but i hadn't seen too much and there was a bunch of them and in one of them this guy is at this easter day breakfast buffet in this hotel he's got his plate and he waits yeah. in line until he gets up to the place where it's his turn to get served and he detonates the bomb in his backpack and it's like, uh, how much hatred would you have to have against a group of people to take your own life in killing a bunch of them? Yeah. And like, as how much hatred? Yeah. Like, imagine if you could take that and turn it around into love, you know? Instead of that hatred, like, yeah. there's some like, there's yeah. nobody that loves enough to do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to laugh about it because it's yeah, serious, but true. it's like. It's like it just got it just yeah. got me thinking about like like that, that somebody that does a suicide bomber has to really fucking hate the, the somebody people yeah the outside the or the other yeah, the other religion yeah well it really is it's like a it's a case study in and how much we can like really how much we create a caricature of of 
our opposition, you know, like we, we really do that. Um, I mean, some, some people obviously to certain extents that are so much more extreme than others, but, um, it's just sad. It's sad commentary on, on society and, uh, and how we can sometimes view the other. But then, and then you can, you kind of start looking at, it's not, it's not that that is a, it's not a, that a certain race is susceptible to that. You know, and like you look at the rhetoric no, going around no, right now not. from our own leaders <laughs> and, you, and it gets really scary yeah. to think about like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Americans doing the same thing. And I guess they do, you know, it just gets reported differently, it well, gets reported uh, more as murder than terrorism. Yeah, well, and I, I think like so I taught social studies for years and son who is, uh, you know, he's a junior high school student right now. And he was talking to me just like two weeks ago about some situation. I can't re- remember the specific situation or something going on in the Middle East. And, and they were talking about in one of their studies classes. And he was saying that, you know, so some of the sentiment among the, the kids, the teenagers is like, why don't we just nuke them? And that was, that was something when I was teaching that would just drive me crazy as, is and and they're saying it tongue in cheek to a certain degree, but but there is an element of like they there is an element of uh, when 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 kids would say that of they learned that somewhere like saying they, yeah well and that that, that they, this group doesn't matter to them and so like they have inherently less value um, and um, and so we were just talking the other day about how frustrating that was and how that, that comment really bothered him because it's like. It's like it's like they don't see that hey no these are people these are you know these these are you have all these innocent people involved in this and just just like and and why is it that like we think that it would be okay for us to just make the decision of who gets to live and die and all this anyway but I, I think I think we're all susceptible of that and we see that within our own culture even if even if it's tongue in cheek it's still there's still like an inherent nugget of of the same principle in there yeah. you know I guess that was my my big problem with Obama. Was all the drones mm-hmm. that he, the, the drone strikes he was continuing yeah. to carry out, and how right. it, there's it's like this impersonal thing. They're like someone sitting in a room somewhere, basically playing a video game, and the, the people mm-hmm. that are being killed aren't real people. Yeah, and they don't get portrayed to us as real right. people either. I mean, even they'll show you the video, they'll show mm-hmm. you how they blow shit up with that stuff, and it's just right. These are the bad guys, and how many of them actually were? Like, mm-hmm. it's really like. The governments should be killing each other, not the people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I got... I didn't want to start so heavy. Yeah. But I was just thinking about Easter. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, for real. So, that's where... Yeah, that's where we went on Easter Sunday. (laughs) Well, I guess uh, that... that, uh, The news this... This... uh, Day is pretty sad. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I'm having a hard time. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'm having a hard time with news again. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to just stop it. looking, but then at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, the, the thing that outrages me the most is that I know when, when you can see bullshit and other people can't, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and it's like, right. you see these people that are just this, this us versus them thing. These, these, these people have yeah. voted for somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. They voted for this yeah. person. And they're never gonna like say that what that person did was wrong, you know. They just yeah. they just 
Yeah, they got the blinders on. Whatever that person does is great, and whatever anyone and if and if there's something that that they're doing wrong, the response is always like, "Well, this person's doing that." You know, they it's always this <clears throat> deflection. <clears throat> it makes me yeah. crazy. Yeah. Own. Own the mistakes of the people we've elected. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's hard for people. Um, like in all walks in life, I think it's I think there's two things going on there. One is I think it's just hard to admit that you're wrong. So like when you see that maybe you're wrong, it's it's emotionally easier to find illegitimate reasons as, as to why you were right. You know, like to even if it's bullshit. Um, and so I think that's part of it is is uh, I think our just inherent in will unwillingness to admit that like when we we were wrong. And then two is sometimes I, I felt this way, you know, having like in my own experience, we went through a crisis of faith and some, sometimes it's, it's hard to like sit and weigh every, every detail, every um, like decision. And so like you, in many ways you just rely on life on what others say, just because it's, that's, that's the easier thing. Like there's, there's a finite amount of time. We each have a finite amount of information. And so we, we rely on like whatever it is we, we turn to, whether that's a religious leader or a political leader or whoever. And, um, and so like people end up putting like really probably more faith in those individuals than they should, because that is, that is easier, you know? And we all do it to a certain degree, whether it's musicians or actors or, you know, these people that we, we, it's like cult of personality kind of thing. But, uh, it's, it's can be mad. Yeah, why do, would you pledge an allegiance? Why, why would you pledge your allegiance to a person? Like people are so yeah. faulty. You know? Like why would you ever yeah. go all in on yeah. a person? There's always gotta be, yeah. cause people are, it doesn't matter who it is. There's always some, element of unpredictability yeah well and like people change and like we change like my, my perspective has changed dramatically over time and, and it's just you know you you marry yourself to an idea too much it's like you, you can go astray you can wherever astray is i mean who the hell even knows what that is well so what's your take on michael jackson is it okay to listen to his music uh, honestly <laughs> that you know i don't know Man, I don't know. It's like... Is it okay it, to listen that, to Morrison? That's a hard one for me to answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, what do you think? I don't know, man. There's some pretty good songs. I know. And that's, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't remember if I actually had a conversation with Soraya about this or if I was just listening to her podcast and she was talking about it because the, the lines have been so blurred over the past few months, but... She was talking mm -hmm. about, I, I think specifically about Morrissey. I think it was what her podcast, and she, um, yeah, and 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 do we, is can the artist art is the artist separate from the art? Can a terrible person put out a piece of great art, and can the art stand on its own apart from the person who created it? Mm -hmm. I guess with I guess with the Michael yeah. Jackson thing is you just. It's, uh, for, it's kind of about like you know the, the more that Michael Jackson's music gets played like the more money that just goes to the Michael Jackson estate you know and and yeah, you kind yeah. of don't want to support people financially that way mm -hmm. like who's 
Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's some Michael Jackson songs like actually kind of get into a little dance group when they come on. You know? Well, yeah, of course. Well, and it's I think it's I think it's hard to compartmentalize. Do you remember when you were too. a little kid um, and how you would dance to Michael Jackson? Did you watch the Michael Jackson documentary? <laughs> that little kid from Australia I, reminds I is is just like you. <laughs> I've I've heard about the documentary and I've heard it's awful. I've heard like the stories are awful, um, and uh, you know, and I obviously you know there's family lore about how much I loved <laughs> Michael Jackson when I was was a kid. I I have zero recollection of that, but I do. I I find a lot of those songs incredibly groovy and catchy and all that. Um, and it's it's for me. I you know I I look at like whether it's like Bill Cosby or or even like Louis C.K. or whoever. I, I do have a hard time. Um, appreciating it the same way before all that but it's it's some of it's almost like what is it schrodinger is that the guy's yeah. name the cat uh-huh. you know like because there is all sorts of art and all sorts of um music and and film and whatever that the people behind yeah, that i'll that think of all the pre-internet stuff. art that was created where <laughs> the the, yeah. the terrible behavior of the artist was hidden well, and even like, I think our sensibility, even within the last decade has changed. And so, and so I think, um, what we are as a people, as a group of people, what we're finding okay now is different than it was even 10 years ago, but especially 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so like, and so it's just, it, you know, that plays into it as well of like, it's like if you ever watch like watch some of these comedies from the 80s and 90s and just the level of racism and homophobia and all that stuff that you see in them in in big time primetime sitcoms in the 80s blows me away yeah when you go back and watch these old shows that are they're being played it's like what (laughs) like you could never get away with that now it's almost like like they say go to the good old days but like it feels like these days are actually more wholesome Oh, absolutely. Like, like, remember Married with Children? Yeah. <laughs> remember that show? Oh, yeah. I used to love that show. <laughs> I mean, but it was, I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of pushed the, pushed the boundaries even then. But like, so much of that is, is misogynistic and, and just, uh, it's a whole different, anyway, it's, it's just, it's, you're looking at it through a whole different lens now. And I do think it's hard to appreciate the, you, with that new perspective. Um, and so I personally have a hard time separating myself, uh, the art from the artist. Um, but like, I could also see a beat and a certain music is groovy regardless, you know, of, of, of what the, you know, what the artist did. But I, 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 for once, I have a hard time appreciating it the same way. It's almost like that, that person does this disservice to everybody because they, gave everybody this piece of art and then we're no longer allowed to enjoy it anymore because of who they are. Yeah. Like, like any film with Kevin Spacey in it, like you go back and you're like, uh, just can't, I just can't. When you watched the first time, it was like this, this is mind blowingly like just, I don't, I don't want to say brilliant, but creative, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, And now it's like you're, it's, you're like you can't, you can't like it's yeah. like ugh. 
spacey. So, so but now I also have the same problem with Kevin Costner, and he didn't do anything wrong <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> yeah, but I see so Kevin far. Costner in a movie, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess the short answer, to, or the long answer to that, now that we've kind of processed that, I think for me, I do have a hard time separating it. I do. I, it, it, I look at it differently, and uh, I don't know that. I don't know that. Um, I'm going to say that everybody should be looking at it differently, and then that's the appropriate way. But I'm just saying, for me personally, like it does have an impact on how I experience it. But, but take take let's let's just take like music. Do you stop listening to it? Do you force uh-huh. yourself to stop listening when it when you hear it? Or like like I hear I. Uh. I hear some Michael Jackson songs, and I wouldn't even call myself a Michael Jackson fan, you know, but his music Uh does Mm -hmm. stir or does pull those things in you that makes you kind of want to dance, you know, and I'm the the stuffiest guy around, you know, I don't walk around dancing and hear a Michael Jackson song and suddenly you're kind of grooving a little bit and then it's like, wait, it's Michael Jackson, I can't, and and, and yeah, there is a moment where where you think... And then I have this debate every time I hear it, and it's like it doesn't matter. I'm just gonna let's just dance <laughs> for a minute, yeah. and then we'll go back to hating yeah. Michael Jackson. So am I going? Am I going to turn the station? I probably won't. You know what I mean? But that it's hard because I I'm I'm not listening to Michael Jackson on a regular basis anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm just that's not in my routine. Um, like I, for example, uh, so last time we were on here, we we're talking about Nine mm-hmm. Inch Nails, right? And, um, so I kind of went back and, um, have just been the last month or so been on a nine inch nails kick and, uh, watched a YouTube video on, um, Trent Reznor and, and when he was creating pretty, um, after he did whatever his first album is, I can't remember what it is. Pretty hate machine. After, you know, he kind of made it big with that and then he bought this house, um, where uh when he was making the downward spiral and, and all that stuff that it was where some the charles manson murders took place so it was in la and um at the time there was it was like pig was written on the at the time of the murders pig was written on the door in in this whole process and so in you you know if you look at downward spiral pig is referenced a lot um, like his piggy is a song and all this stuff. And it was from this referencing this, these, this house that he had recorded, like converted into a recording studio and, and, um, and written songs in there. And one of the, uh, sisters, is it Sharon Tate? Is she the one yeah. who was killed by man? Yeah. Do you remember? So her sister had said to him, it was like maybe around that time or, you know, in the mid nineties, I like asked him, like, are you profiting from my sister's death? And he will say in interviews, like he, like it, he looked at this a whole different way. And he like later admitted that he went home and like sobbed that night, just like thinking like, wait, I, I was thinking like I'm connecting to this cultural thing, but like, hold on, these are real people. And the event that happened here was, but like, so he was really, of like, okay, maybe I, this was a, maybe a bad decision. They've since worn that house down and so on. Um, but like, there's a part of me that thinks like you, I look at that and I think, oh man, that, and then time he's kind of, I think this is this this great music, but he's kind of like maybe young and dumb and, and, and maybe does something that he regrets. And you, you, I 
view it in a different perspective. But I think with him, it's a little maybe easier to understand or, or to take or to handle because he himself was maybe a little regretful of, of how he handled yeah, that. Okay. You know well, what I mean? Speaking of, speaking so of the I don't know. murders, what a, let's, let's, I mean, Michael Jackson's uh-huh. kind of one thing to talk about because he's dead. But what about, let's say, mm-hmm. what about this new Quentin Tarantino movie coming out about the Manson murders? Quentin Tarantino's still alive. Like, he, like he's a creep, too, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like yeah. while they're still living, are we? can we separate the art from the artist? Like, I, it really looks really good. But, like, the things I've heard about Quentin Tarantino behind the scenes, I mean, the guy made his living at mm-hmm. Miramax. So, you know he was in with Harvey Weinstein, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't... Yeah. You know, I, 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 to a certain degree, I almost think when they're living, it's almost more. Yeah. Difficult. That's what I'm saying. Like now that this movie, that this movie's about to come out and it looks really good, but it's like, I'm having a really hard time. Like, I don't like, yeah. Like I, mean, I certainly don't want to pay to see it. You know, like I don't want to give him my money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's that's, that's yeah. it's a it's a hard thing. It's like, it's like I have the same problem with Chick Fil A. Yeah, me too. And their their sandwiches and salads are so damn good. And I've recently caved, but, man. Like, I went years and years and years without a Chick Fil A sandwich, yeah. and like the last couple of weeks, yeah. I've caved, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, is it okay? I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. So we we uh. We got together last uh, last week, week before, when you were down here in Southern yeah. California, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you said something that kind of sent me into. So I was telling you about what I do for work, and you said, "Oh, it's yeah. just kind of like what you used to do at Stevens Construction," <laughs> and, uh-huh. and that was my first job. I started there when I was nineteen. Right out. Of, I mean, I had other jobs, uh-huh. but that was like my first full-time job, real job. And, yeah. um, I was the, the, I started as a delivery driver and then I worked my way up to the Mm -hmm. purchasing manager. And so basically my job was to order construction supplies from construction Mm -hmm. company or the sellers, the, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm blanking on that. But and then send drivers out to pick up that stuff and get it to the job sites, and that's basically what I do now. Just kind of shifted to a different industry, and but I hadn't even thought about Stevens Construction in a long time. Your time there, yeah. I mean, I I have over the years, but it's been a long time. I've kind of like pushed that that part down. It's almost like when you said that, it was like, oh yeah, I did work there, and like I can't believe that I didn't put it together that this is exactly (laughs) what I did there. Uh huh. Excelling both there and here, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it got me thinking of these these memories. And, and remember that trip we took to Page? I it, maybe your brain's fuzzy. Oh on yeah. That. No, I I very much. So this company, this construction company, also started a houseboat company, which was actually ended up being their demise of everything because they sunk so much into this houseboat yeah. company. And they would send these boats down to Lake Powell. And especially in the early phases of it, there were issues. And so there were a lot of trips down to Lake Powell, which was, I don't know, what was it, like eight-hour drive? Well, it depends on which marina you went to. But, yeah, about an eight-hour drive. To Page from Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. And and 
so there was always like driving parts, and so there was one one boat that they had down there, and the poop tank was leaking. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were waiting for the welder to weld up the poop tank, and then I was supposed to drive it down there. Were you even working there yet? I can't remember. No, I was. I was. I think at the time I was only like fifteen you just years old. Came with me to drive with me. I just came. I went. I went on a so ride. So basically, yeah. it was like nine at night, nine ten at night, and we're supposed to drive this thing down and get it to the marina by morning so they could have it first thing in the morning. And the deal that was we could eat all the gas station food because I had the gas card <laughs> that we could eat, and then we, were, we yeah. could get a room. Yeah. Well, actually, we were only going to go halfway. The plan was to go halfway, get a room, and then get up early in the morning mm-hmm. and you know drive till maybe midnight. And yeah. we got to the halfway point. It seems like it was like midnight, and like I was kind of just like, just getting in a groove for driving and it was like yeah. oh man let's just yeah. keep going let's just go to the next we'll just keep going yeah. and then it turned out like we just kept going and like every little town we'd go into nothing was open <laughs> or yeah. everything was full it was weird it was like a Thursday I think and like we hadn't anticipated that the southern Utah weekend start and people are down there recreating right and so we just drove all the way to Page in the night and like I remember pulling into this m- motel down there at the at the harbor and this lady standing outside smoking a cigarette and I get out and I say you don't mm-hmm. have a any rooms do you and she's like you're just in luck I just realized I had one I've turned away four people tonight and I just realized I had a room and so we got this room mm-hmm. and we were able to sleep for like two hours or something <laughs> before we had to have yeah. day over at the yeah. marina and then drove all the way home but there's this with, them, with the, the full, full poop yeah tank, with the old the poop tank <laughs> in the back of this little Toyota pickup. And uh-huh. there's this there's this image that I have that's of that drive that has stuck with it's been I've been trying to like it always like comes up and I think I got to write this. I got to figure out how to get this into a screenplay or a story or something because there's this image of we're going down old highway 89 kind of on the I guess it would be the east side of Zion National Park and it's just it's mm-hmm. forest and yeah. there was lightning uh-huh. and and the deer <laughs> that were lining the road yeah. where you were we were driving through the darkness and you could just see these little eyeballs illuminating and it was mm-hmm. so terrifying because it's like just waiting for this deer for deer to run out in front oh. of you <laughs> while you're driving <laughs> and then I remember yeah. coming in closer to Lake Powell and the lightning over the lake like was illuminating the rock formations and we were listening yeah. to disintegration <laughs> oh that's right we were I listening to the, the cure right. disintegration driving through like the darkness with like this lightning lighting up things and deer on the side of the road and like I don't know uh-huh. like that that memory you, you it, it just came back to me the other day when you had when I was thinking about old Stevens construction memories yeah and it was fun yeah I remember that trip. So like, you know, cause I, I was, like I was saying, I was either 14 or 15. So it was before I had worked there and, um, growing up, like we, at least like for most of my experience, like we didn't travel no, a ton, you know, never. like, like mom, mom, we, we never like went on vacation. We never left anywhere. And so, um, so that was my first time. I mean, I had lived in Utah for 10 years at that point. Um, but I had 
never been down in that portion of, of the state. And so I remember it being very unusual. I guess I, I, we'd gone to Penrith, but I'd never been past there. And, um, and my recollection of that was, was that first of all, a good portion of that drive was in the night. And I remember being just as terrified because it wasn't too long before that where you had yeah, hit a deer. Yeah, no, a deer had run into um, me in right a different into the car. Side of my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't somebody run over it after you and thought they'd run I th- over I, it? I, maybe, I think so. I remember some cowboy guy pulled over and pulled it off the road for me. <laughs> but I, a deer went right in front of me and I look oh, over and funny. I see these eyeballs coming through my windshield. Or not my windshield, my, 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 my driver's the side door, the door window, and spun me around off the road. Yeah. So, yeah, I was scared, yeah. too. I'd lived through it. Well, and, you know, it's it. Uh, but I remember being really, really frightened. And part of it, I think, was because you had had your experience of, of uh, with with a deer before. And, and I remember you being really nervous about it. And then I, I was it was I was experiencing this place I'd never been to by lightning strikes right like that was it it's just like 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 you'd get a glimpse of what the landscape and it was beautiful like it honestly was like you especially you have this amazing music in the background and you get this light and this red rock and all this stuff and um uh but it was it was my first experience down there and then like you know, coming back, I was able to really experience it because you see it in the daylight. But um, I still, to this day, get really nervous. I, I won't drive at night very often because I get nervous of deer. And and part of that is, you know, my wife's family, um, they had an accident with the deer that ended up, you know, some people in her, her family had lost their life in that accident, right. you know. And so, like, it's a real hazard. Um, and... Uh, but I think some of my, my hesitancy comes from just that, that specific drive. There were so many of them. It was creepy. But, just standing there on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to tie that, yeah, uh, that story uh, into life, but that, that's what I've been thinking about lately. <laughs> well, you know, I so I um, later got a job. You hired me there when I was 16, and then I ended up working there until I was like 23 or 24. And, um, and in that time had made a lot of drives myself down to, to Lake Powell and the various marinas. Um, and I remember there is some of those drives are some of my favorite, like just memories of that time, because it really is a gorgeous drive, uh, through a good portion of that. And you're just by yourself and like you see some of the spectacular scenery and part of like what makes it amazing is the solitude. Right, and there's you know? no like, camera just phones being out there, kind of in the middle so of nowhere. Like you just get, no. you see it, and that's it. You experience it, and that is that you're done with it. And uh, so you just have to like kind of hold on to it. And um, but man, I also had some horrible drives. <laughs> horrible drives down there. I once, I once, uh, they had a deadline, and I had worked. It was, they had they had to get this boat down there, right? And they had, they had a summer where they had a couple boats they were building, and so one was down. Um, it was at Bullfrog at this one. No, it was at it was at a different marina. It's one of the new marinas. I can't remember the name of it. But I had to go. I had worked all day, and um, then they needed me to take this delivery down. But I was waiting for the fabricators to finish making this, and so I didn't leave until nine o'clock that night. And I had worked the whole day, and then I had to drive through the night, and which was so dangerous because like. I was so exhausted and had moments where I just thought I was going to fall asleep and then got there and the, one of their parts didn't work. 
And so um, Dave, our you know the boss, <laughs> told me like, hey, go find this part. And I had had been working over 24 hours by this point, like straight, and nothing was open in page, and that was the closest I had ever come to crying at work. <laughs> just like, because like, I don't know where to go. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to go home. Nobody had the part I needed. Did you at least get to sleep and, before you uh, drove home or did you have to tr- drive home? No, no. And then I had to drive his wife to somewhere and then, um, ended up driving home. I, I worked a, it was like a 34 hour shift by the time it was all said and done and hadn't slept. I went to work when the sun was rising and, went home, got home from work when the sun was setting the next day. And it was the most bizarre. It was, I, I, I had like 34 hours of work, like on my time card within two days. And, um, yeah, it was kind That's, of, kind of exciting now that I look back at yeah, it. That was so. scary at the time. I took a, yeah, I, t- I took a boat. I'd never been to Lake Powell where something didn't go wrong. Even like, even in, on, yeah. on trips with our family, like personal trips my car broke down mm-hmm. we went down on to spend some time with holly's family on a houseboat and my car broke down and i was mm-hmm. stuck in page for three days waiting for a part <laughs> 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 and and i took a i took a yeah they had a boat on the side of the road in bullfrog and so i had the trailer on that big mm-hmm. stupid truck that didn't have a radio in it you know <laughs> and and I, yeah, yeah. Took, I had to drop this, these stairs off, these big wooden stairs at the boat on the side of the road so that people could go up and look in it because it was like their sales boat, their model boat for sale in Bullfrog. Mm-hmm. And then go mm-hmm. all the way around back into Page from Bullfrog. And there's this one part where, you know, Dave had d- done this before and he'd mapped out this way, this quickest route. And there were, it, I was on a dirt road and there were just switchbacks. And I'm in this boat or in this big truck pulling a trailer. And I thought, I thought I was, I thought I was going to die. I couldn't, I can't believe I'd made it through yeah. there. I can't believe I made it, made it. And then I get yeah. to page and I'm, I spend the night and I got to pick this, I got to pick up two motors in the morning to, and bring them back on the trailer. And it snowed. I'm, I'm pulling out a page and it starts snowing and it snowed the entire drive home. And I saw cars spinning out in front. <laughs> it was such a crazy yeah. drive. I can't believe that. And now I look back and yeah, I don't know. It was now it's kind of cool once it happened. <laughs> well, it is. And like one of the things I learned, one of the things that job taught me was that like it was. And granted, that this is just part of becoming an adult, but like realizing that like people don't, um, people aren't experts <laughs> I mean, like right. like most people just like you have this task you just do it and and you're probably going to f it up and um you just go you just go and you figure it out and that, you know that was a pretty valuable life lesson it's also frightening too because there were so many hairy situations i got in like even just shit like strapping stuff mm-hmm. down in a truck like you know what i'm doing <laughs> you know what i mean you do that wrong you can well, my kill first somebody i had to go out to price and pick up a bunch of roofing insulation that the roofers up there had way too much and I had to bring it back into the shop through mm-hmm. through Spanish Fort Canyon mm-hmm. and they had st- they did it for me I was my like my first week I didn't know what the hell I was doing they'd stack that up so tall you know yeah. like that the styrofoam insulation sheets yeah and when I came down into Spanish Fork uh-huh. out of the canyon I hit the the light 
you know, the, the stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff goes flying everywhere in there. I'm just this 19-year-old kid. My first week with, like, pink yeah. styrofoam all over the freaking streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, two, two lessons to learn there. One is, like, sometimes you just got to go through the shit. And secondly is watch your ass because people don't right, know what they're right. doing. Man, you know what I mean? You want to talk about fake it till you make it. I know I'm having all these these memories of this place. <laughs> so I was a delivery driver for a couple of years, and I didn't want to be a delivery driver anymore. And the guy who was working in the office drafting, he was a drafter, um, did all the plans and stuff, went to work mm-hmm. for some other engineering company. And so there was this opening, but some, I needed to know AutoCAD. So I told him that I was going to go yeah. take an AutoCAD class at the vocational center down the street from our house. And I didn't. I just bought the student. I was in college. I bought the student version <laughs> of AutoCAD, and I just did the tutorial that comes with it in the help section. Yeah. And that's and then I would tell him I yeah. had school that day, and I'd show up late. <laughs> I'd sleep in. <laughs> and, I, and so I was doing these drawings for the shop guy, for the fa- guy fabricating these beams. These, these, these big metal buildings. He's he's welding the beams together, yeah. and I'm the guy that gave him the, the. I'm the guy that did the drawings. I don't know what the hell I was yeah, doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then the guy that the engineer guy came back because he was working too many hours at the other place and he didn't like it, and I was teaching him how to use AutoCAD. And then the yeah. purchasing guy got fired, and I was like, I'll go do that because. It was really would eat yeah. at me when I would hand this guy these drawings that I had done, and I'm like, I hope this building stays up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, doesn't inspire confidence, no. does it? No. Yeah, man. So yeah, that, that is the yeah. lesson. Nobody like you got to have that thought. Like the 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 professional probably doesn't know what he's do- talking about. Yeah. Which, which goes back to what you were saying before is why it's so infuriating when people, when you see people eat up this, this bullshit they're hearing, you know, in, in any which, you know, whether it's political, religious or whatever, when really nobody knows what, right. <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing. So nobody knows anything. That's funny. I know I see these buildings being built and it's like, I just think back to, there's just some, 19 year old slob that learned AutoCAD by doing the tutorials that came with it (laughs) that made these drawings for this structure yeah I guess you know you you twist that in a certain light that's kind of a beautiful story (laughs) (laughs) I mean like there's a Horatio Alger like rags to riches just uh, didn't know what he's doing and pulled him by his own bootstraps you know one yeah. way to look at it yeah i got my next job the same way because i worked there and i'd had it <laughs> and the old man that owned it and i got in a fight and i thought i'm gonna give my two weeks notice and then they'll they'll come around and they called my bluff and let me quit and it was like <laughs> the day before my last day and i didn't have a job and i sent my re- I, su- I see this ad that's I don't, I don't even know how i found it because there, i don't think it was, there was craigslist back then but no. there was some ad somewhere probably the, the newspaper they were looking for graphic designers, and I had been doing the web page for the houseboat, so I kind of knew, kind of self-taught with Corel Draw, and they wanted somebody yeah. that knew um, Photoshop, which is the same thing basically, 
So mm-hmm. I, this was back in the days when it was really mm-hmm. easy to pirate software. So I had a pirated copy of Photoshop on my computer, and I go into this meeting the first day, and they or they call mm-hmm. me, and they're like, "So yeah, Stevens Construction. I was probably making thirteen bucks an hour, which was good way back then." And oh, they yeah. call me, and yeah, they go, awesome. "We don't. We we're in a. We don't have time." To interview people, we're in this big rush. We're assuming that if you say you know how to use Photoshop, you know how to use Photoshop. We need 30 people to come in and quickly do this job in a week. Are you? I'm sorry, we can only offer you 20 yeah. bucks an hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, wow. I guess that'll be okay. <laughs> and I thought I had at least bought myself yeah. another week. But it turns out yeah. I go in there and I start doing this job and they've hired 30 other people to knock this thing out. And what happens when you put 30 random people on a job it was so screwed up I, I they kept two of us on me yeah. and one other guy we spent the next year working from home editing basically cropping photos on in photoshop yeah. to fit these driver driver's education things that they were doing software and i got I, a year <laughs> you know <laughs> i said i knew how to do it I don't know, man. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, the thing I've been thinking about is, um, as you've been talking is, you know, I'm in education and one of the things as in a high school and we're trying to prepare these kids for life. And one of the, um, the new movements is like what, what skills do students really need to know? And one of them is like that kind of like that gritty sense of, Hey, I can solve problems and here's this task and I can be flexible and I can like, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. You know, like there's, there's not a manual, so to speak. It's like, um, I'm let's just, uh, let's just go which direction we think will solve the problem. And, uh, I got, that's a perfect example of that, of like, I'll, I'll figure it out, you know, I, okay, here's the task. I'm going to, I'm going to, just jump in and see, see how I can get it going. And those are actually skills that um, are super valuable in life. Yeah. But so. they're frustrating to the people around you because like they are, I'm the kind of guy that I don't like an itinerary on a trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think yeah, I, I have yeah. a feeling you do. Uh-huh. So I don't know how well we would travel together. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to have it planned. You know, we went yeah. to Paris and we just yeah. walked around. We had no, we we took the the metro. Mm-hmm. We would just jump on and get off at a mm-hmm. stop and walk around the neighborhood and came across some really cool things. Like randomly came across yeah. the um, the catacombs, which was like pr- my favorite part of being there, and and had nothing planned for that whole trip. And man, it was fun. I'm gonna do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I, I'm it's just my personality is it's got to be. It's got to be I've matched. been flying on the, by the seat of my and, pants uh, for so many years, man. I don't have any idea what's coming next. It just makes me so damn uncomfortable all the time. That's like, it's it's exhausting, and so that's why that's why I went into a profession that really is like, you know, exactly what's going on in the year. You know what's going to happen next year. You know, you know what I mean. Like, you know what credentials you need. You know whatever. And so I went the opposite direction of what I was just saying, but. Um, but uh, you know what? If that fits your personality, that's not a that's not a bad deal. It's not, it's not a bad deal until you're with somebody who's planned a trip, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I, I, but I want to go over here. 
Yeah, exactly. It's not on the itinerary. <laughs> yeah. Do you think this? You might yeah. not want to answer this question. Mm-hmm. How do you do? You feel as being in the public education system that mm-hmm. there's a move like. I'm not. And I'm not saying this is what you're doing. Do you see this as what's coming from like, yeah. the establishment that public education mm-hmm. is actually trying to stifle the general public or dumb them down? Like the the, the, the students, students yeah. you're saying? Like, like, do you think like the the government in charge of public education is putting things in place? that maybe you have to like jump around in order to actually like educate people rather than. Yeah. Well, so yes. I mean, there's yet it's yes and no. Cause like, here's the, here's the challenge is you have two competing, you have two competing situations, right? Like one, one of the things we, we want to do is we want to, like one of the critiques is you hear like one of the things we, our, our, our teachers never taught us how to do, you know, this, this, and this, like that are really practical and important for success in life. Um, but I had to spend time memorizing X, Y, or Z. It's another thing that doesn't really matter. And, um, and so there's a little bit of a movement to like, to kind of create education that fits. It's a little more individualized to students and, and kind of specific for the pathway they want to go down and so on, which is great. The challenge with that is there's still like a, there's still a certain set, um, like graduation requirements as well. And that, that sometimes don't always fit exactly where students want to go. And so you've got to try to still, still get students to, to, um, like graduate and take these classes in order to graduate yet at the same time, encourage them to go down the path they want to go and unfortunately, in terms of graduation, not some schools will um, in this like new age of accountability school and teacher accountability, um, like schools can get penalized if students aren't graduating. And what some schools have done in response to that is to just push them through. Right. It's not matter. Like doesn't matter necessarily. Did they actually learn the material? Let's just get into like. Did they do enough to pass the class regardless of whether they actually learn the material? And so that's like this constant battle of, and, and there's a new movement to like this, it's called standards based grading. Like, did they, like the grade is based on, did they learn it? Not did they do the work? Does that make sense? Right. Like, like great. You could have done the work, but not learned shit. So did you really teach them? If, if, if students didn't learn, did you really teach? You know what I mean? Like, um, so there, that's, that's the, the kind of a, a new movement, a new area in education is, is like, let's focus on kids actually learning what we intend them to learn. Um, you know, the standards and the objectives of, of that particular course, and that's what you measure them on. And so, so it's, you know, and the pendulum swings all the time too. Well, so. I see the, I, 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 when my kids, I mean, I, I see what educators are having to deal with and, and the, the limitations that are put on them by regulations to act to li- actually limit mm-hmm. teachers from teaching kids, basically. Yeah. And so when my kids come home complaining about school and how they're learning stupid things and they'll never use any of this, I always just tell them it's more of a exercising your brain. 
you know like yeah no you might never use this a, a math formula like this in real life but if you can get this math formula that exercises a part of your brain that will help you do not that math formula but other things you know and so I try that's yeah. how I try to get them excited yeah. about the boring shit they're having to learn which is but I'm, I'm also where I, I'm kind of like teaching them how to work the system too it's like look you already know you're not going to learn anything so now what how do you get an A <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah yeah well totally and that and the reality is that matters like it matters in in your what schools you go to and what opportunities are potentially available and all that. So like they, they need to be worried about their grades. And so I get why, like I get why sometimes the focus is on what can I do to get the A rather than what can I learn? Um, and then the, the other challenges is like, we like really like, we don't know what specifically each kid will need. Right. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. It's, and I think you're right. Like a lot of those, here's the thing and I, and I taught long enough to like recognize that sometimes I, I'm a big believer that um, learning is fun like it really can be and that that takes a lot of work on the part of the teacher to make learning engaging interesting um, but but like when you're able to do that it not only is it helpful to the student like it's helpful to the teacher because you don't hate your job you know what I mean like it's like oh this is cool this is fun um, uh, I was going somewhere with this and I forgot where I was going, but, oh, but sometimes like, like genuine learning requires a struggle and that struggle is not always fun. Um, and that's the hard part is like convincing kids that, okay, this is hard and we're going to do this. Like we're going to get through it. And here's the value of like getting through this very difficult thing, but it is going to be hard. And sometimes, um, being difficult is conflated with not being useful. You know what I mean? And, and so, and that's just because they're kids. And so like, that's, that's normal. Um, and so it's just, man, it's a, sometimes it's, it's a battle and, and, and you gotta, I, I'm a firm believer that like be optimistic because, um, you know, and, and, and keep like a positive attitude about it because like we, we are all just as guilty. You know what I mean? Like if, if shit's hard for us, like, we don't want to do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, we're, we're all, right. we're all there. My, my kids go to two different high schools. One of them is in a, just more of a traditional high school. And the other one's in this, this kind of more mm -hmm. of a, it's a new high tech high school and everything's a group project. Every class is a group project. Yeah. And yeah. my daughter comes home just so furious because she's the only one in her group doing anything, you know? And, she, and, yeah. and the, you get gr yeah. graded as a group. So for her to keep her grades up, she's got to do all the work. And so she gets yeah. so upset about it. And my words to her are, guess what? It's not going to change. <laughs> You're, you actually are learning yeah. something <laughs> because that's how it's because people yeah. suck. And if you want yeah. so, to, something to work, you get, get used to the idea that you're going to have to do all the work. No one else, uh, no one else yeah. is going to like even pick up their slack. Like be prepared in life to pick up everybody's slack. And then I also say yeah. to her, you know, you have the option of going to this regular school <laughs> That's right down the street from our house. and I don't have to drive you <laughs> like, feel free to switch. Uh -huh. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she still stays there. So, I mean, it must not be too terrible. Yeah, it's not enough. Yeah. Not enough to change it. Well, this has been a weird conversation. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went all sorts of places. I'm, I'm excited to listen back and see what the general theme was, because right now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Very good question. Well, happy Easter. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. Enjoy your enjoy your amazing weather. Man, that was a... <laughs> it's a little overcast today. <laughs> Such a... <laughs> oh. so that's probably why... You know, when I when I was down there, it was snowing up here, and I was just so grateful to be you see, not here. You see why we pay the rent we pay. You pay for I that know, weather, exactly. for that climate. Yep. But man, yep. on a on a day where I live, I'm about 15 miles from the ocean. As the crow flies, you know, it takes uh-huh. a while to get there when you weave through the roads. But yeah, yeah, we we're in this. We're probably like the last place where that gets the ocean breeze before it, you know, turns into just regular breeze. And it's just so perfect, yeah, yeah. this little strip of, stretch of land I live in. Because you don't yeah, have the tourists, nice. but you still get the ocean breeze. Anyway, yeah, I don't think I'll anyone wants to hear about that, so. <laughs> <laughs> the weather? <laughs> well, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Okay. You have no father, your mother's gone. You have no father, yes, my father's gone. What about your brother, your sister, to see you through? We all need a brother, a sister, to see us through. It'll be alright, it will be alright. I will be your brother for the night I will be your brother for the night